0: Hey guys, this is Shannon. And this is Nick. And this is the sixth episode of More Than All Alright, so we are back with um, episode number six. Yeah. And um, today we will be talking about family and fatherhood. But before we do that, we're gonna give a shout out.
1: Yeah, who we shouting out, babe?
0: I don't know. You told me to do the shout out, so you tell me.
1: Maybe we need more people to shout us out so we can <laughs> shout them back out. We need
0: more people to listen. And those of you who are listening, you need to share. Wait
1: a minute. I'm not, so <laughs> <laughs> I'm not mad.
0: I'm not mad. I'm just with saying.
1: The folks. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for
0: listening, but you gotta share too. Make sure you share mm-hmm. on social media. Wow, you were making Ice me be this.
1: I see. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, shout out to all of you. That's who we shout out today. All of our listeners and all of our supporters, who we appreciate. Yes. And we would also appreciate if you shared our podcast to more folk. Yes. Because it's all about people listening and enjoying and growing. Growing. That's right. All right.
0: So before we get to the topic, I just want to talk about us. How have you been this week? Tell us about your week.
1: I've been stressed this week. This is the first. No, I'm sorry. I'm lying. This is the second week back from spring break. Um, I had a lot going on. I had to prepare my kids for my final spring concert. And um, that was very rigorous. But we completed that concert last night. It went very well. Um, and I'm very proud of my kids. And so I took Friday off because I deserve it.
0: Did you tell your team you was
1: taking off? You I did. did. Uh-huh. I told them because I, I just decided, and I told them, and I did it. And I'm very glad about it. And the kids deserve to break. I didn't even leave any plans with them. Just,
0: That's marvelous for a substitute teacher. Yeah,
1: not, <laughs> I put I left movie options. I have movies and. Did you terrible. describe
0: how they go in where to find the DVD or wherever uh, the stuff may be?
1: No, but my department chair is a superwoman, so I'm okay. I kind of put it in her hands. I felt safe in doing that. And she kind of like was like, "Okay." She was like, "Yeah, don't worry about it." It's like, "Okay." Cuz it was it was like maybe close to 3:30, 3:45 when I had made that decision. Like, school was well over, and then we had just ran into each other in the hallway. And I'm like, yeah. <sighs> she was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask you. I was like, yeah. <laughs> we kind of just knew. Because I was already stressed, and we were, I was away from the concert. So it was just like, yeah, take a break. <laughs> Go ahead. You deserve it. Yeah. And I got one more week to push through. Um, we have all city next weekend, and I'm one of the conductors, and I have to get my kids ready for the other conductors and all of the music. So we're preparing for that next week, and then we are done for the year. They start their sols, and um, for yeah. the rest of the school year. Well, for yeah, for a good. We got two time more we, months left. No, we only got a month. School's out June thirteenth. And May thirteenth is next week. We have
0: a month and a half.
1: No, we don't.
0: You do. We are on the. Okay, right now
1: you mean? Okay, sure, I'll give you that. But I only have five days. What? What I'm telling you is, (laughs) when we get to that month mark, because you are counting like all the days, but teachers we don't count the weekends, so it's really not a month and a half. Okay, good for you. <laughs> <laughs> How was your week?
0: My week was um it was whatever. I was actually kind of upset I was supposed to have whatever. I think I, I was supposed to do two things this week. Oh, I went to court because I got subpoenaed, mm. right? Because um
1: I don't think you can talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> for real. It's not closed. So don't get don't get locked up. <laughs> I was, seriously, seriously, I don't know to be true. I mean, my my extent of knowledge is how to get away with murder and scandal. But be careful.
0: Well, I'll just say this: okay? I used to work at Hertz, and something let's, went down. Let's just say cars are a hot commodity. Okay. Okay. There you go. Um. Yeah, so I went there, did not go to work Because I was subpoenaed Mm -hmm. And um, they did a continuation on his case Which means (laughs) we didn't even start the case Before they was like, we're going to do another day So we're going to come back (sighs) So I was upset about that So I didn't make any money that day Um, And then Wednesday Did I go to work yesterday? Yeah. So Wednesday, um, I was supposed to be meeting with someone to do uh, pretty much an audition for a church that um, I went to play with. I was supposed to meet with the lady, but she ended up calling me and telling me how much it was. And I was just like, you know, I'm I'm good on that. (laughs) Um, And so we just decided to meet another day. But good things did come from our conversation because um, there may be something in the works. For um, some future gigs, so my me- my week was okay. And other than I, I played with your students, who seem to love me. Oh yeah. By the way, my
1: <laughs> students like love Shannon. They gave her an an a roaring round <sighs> of applause. <sighs> <laughs> okay, that's what you heard, folks. Like I couldn't even introduce her without all of the snickering happening in the audience by my students who were sitting down and the students behind me on stage. And you could tell it was like maybe 90% of them knew, but there was like a 10% that was like evenly mixed in that did not know. So when I said it, <laughs> that's when everybody, I heard somebody behind me go,
0: I told you, I told you. <laughs> i
1: like, y'all on stage, be quiet. Oh. <laughs>
0: Alright, so let's go ahead and get into it So today we're talking about family and fatherhood um, And pretty much, I just want to go through our lives okay, And and the impact that, you know, our family and fathers may have had on us um, So I'm just going to start with some childhood memories um, I do remember, well when we was growing up I was pretty much under my mom's wing all the time mm-hmm. And Constance's sister... Was under my dad's wing all the time And so I used to get jealous Because I didn't know That my sister and my dad Was that close <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Until she like Threw it in my face one day Like you need to hurry up and go to, de- go to bed Because dad and I Go get ice cream when you go to sleep <laughs> Oh my
1: goodness
0: <laughs> And I'm like bro wow. That's messed up so I tried to stay up Because I'm like I'm going <laughs> right. I'm going Okay. There was one time we went to, um, Styles by Right. What's that? It's a, um.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You saw my face. It's
0: just a gas station. Okay. Yeah, we went there. And my dad, that that was his store. That's the store he went to. That's the store he played lottery at. Uh Uh-huh. That was the store. He knew everybody. And, um, he took us one time in his black Chevy pickup truck. Uh Uh-huh. We went to the bathroom. The sister had to go to the bathroom. She locked us in.
1: We and used the, the bathroom. Gas station bathroom. Mm-hmm. Yes.
0: And it wasn't like a a knob lock. It was one of those old school ones where you gotta lift it up
1: and slide it. Pull it down to the side. Yeah.
0: <clears throat> so my sister's four years older than me. So at this point we're probably like nine and five, I would say. Mm-hmm. Or maybe ten and five. And so we finished using the bathroom, we wash our hands. And sister tries to get out the door. And she can't figure it out. She locked us in. Just fine. Perfectly. (laughs) Okay, nobody. Okay. Getting out, I don't know what happened. She forgot. She forgot. And so, she's like literally banging on the door, screaming at the top of her lungs. Mm. (laughs) And crying because... Low-key, my sister is claustrophobic, so she don't like to be in a place. And if
1: she wasn't before then. (laughs) Okay. That's probably what started it.
0: So, yeah. So, she was banging on the door, and I could hear my dad, like, just turn, like, (laughs) just pull the lock. And my sister could not comprehend. So, I literally walked up to the door, as smart as I am. Thank you. (laughs) And just pulled the goddamn lock Sister (laughs) That's all it was That's it That's it And I can't Cause she's slow This is her whole life That's how she acts Her whole life
1: bro We are gonna get into The parental relationships later But Um I was raised in a single parent home By my mom And Myself And my two siblings We were latchkey kids What? That's a term Um that people use when you are like um when you're young and you have to have a key like at a young age a key to your door because you will be home alone a lot of times and so you have to be able to get into your house without a parent so you know it's called like a latch key because it was latched to you in some way we all
0: had those
1: yeah well a lot of kids don't have keys to their houses because they never have to use a key to get into their house because they're always with their parents. Like, they don't have to worry about, um, you know, how to get home, how to get from to and from places. Their parents are always there to do that for them no matter what. That is some people's stories. Okay. And then there are others who, you know, who have parents who do things like work and et cetera. But, yeah, I was a latchkey kid. And so and so was my brother, mainly us two, um, before my sister was born. And so my mom would work a lot. She worked, I remember when I was really young, she would work basically 24 hours. Like, I wouldn't see her for a whole day. Um, or at least that's what it felt like, because maybe the few hours she was home, I was already asleep. <clears throat> but, yeah, the memory that I have is that we could used to go like be outside or when we were younger, we couldn't go outside, you know, because it was the whole thing like, you know, your kids shouldn't be home alone. So you stay in the house until I get home. Um, but us being kids, we would we'll break the rules sometime. <laughs> and so we would be outside and my sister, who was like the youngest and the sweetest and the only girl and all of that crap would just be like Miss Goody Two Shoes and would stay in the house and follow the rules. And she was young. She probably was like four or five. And um I was probably a preteen and my brother was probably already like thirteen. Um, if I had to guess. And so this is one normal day. Like nothing it started off very normal. Mom went to work, stay in the house, I'll be home early, you know. She always be like, if I'm you know, when she's off and the sun is out, then we good. We just go and have fun. And she like, I'll be home early today. Stay in the house, watch a sister. You know, all the, the rundown. And it was like a normal day. And so we start on the porch. <laughs> you know, we just out on the porch saying hey to everybody and all the stuff. And then today got different because my sister wants to go outside today. And I'm just like I don't know. <laughs> and now by this time, my brother's a pro at it. So he just gone. He out. <laughs> no, I, I just was like on the porch. I just wanted some fresh air, a little sunshine. My brother is out the yard down the street. He didn't found his friends and he's gone. Avid rule breaker. Yeah. <laughs> okay, just this is what he does. So I'm like, okay. But we got to, I'm only here. I'm on the porch. This is my domain, you know. So when I see my mother's car, this is what we used to do. We would watch the street because my mother, everybody who lived on outside of the block would go up and around. So when they made the left turn a little ways up, they'll be on the right-hand side. So we would watch the street at the intersection to see if our mom's car passed. And then we would just truckle in the house because we were already right there on the porch, Right? And so my brother has, like I said, he was always breaking rules. So at this point, he had already had the back door unlocked. Because there would be times where she would be pulling up and we would have to yell in the alley as loud as we can and he come running three blocks down. That has happened successfully multiple times. <laughs> and so, like I said, this was just a normal day. But I have found myself like a few houses down.
0: How you get there?
1: <laughs> I thought she was on the porch. I know, right? I was on a neighbor's
0: porch. You are good at this little yeah. twisting <laughs> stories and stuff.
1: I can't remember how I got down there. Because <laughs> now that I think about it, it was, yeah, mm-mm. Mm-hmm. But I, I was down a few houses, closer to the intersection, mind you. And so I see my mother's car. She looked back. She looked pull, in that mirror. Pull up. Like, I missed her. I mind you, I'm at a house closer to the intersection. Oh, she pulled up. She's not yeah, coming no. through the intersection. She's not anymore. coming through the intersection. She's pulling up to her parking spot a Ooh. few houses up in front of our house. And I'm like, oh, crap. And I have my sister with me. So I said, come on, sister. <laughs> I grabbed her by her hand and I said, follow me. And so we are crouching because everybody has clear see through gates. And I'm just figuring if we stay low, she won't notice us. (laughs) I'm young. (laughs) So I let her hand go and I I bust the right because we're near the end of the block. So my thought is if we can get to the end of the block and up the alley, we can run through the back door and we'll be in the house. Um, So... (laughs) (laughs) So that's my plan. So I bust the right and I'm like, come on, Troy, stay with me. I turn around. Troy is walking towards the van. Troy. (laughs) Talking about some mommy. Girl, you missing the point here.
0: How you get (laughs) there?
1: So you know what I did? I ran. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I left her tail. I ran up and finished my plan because it worked. Okay Because I'm, I'm the logic here, except for the fact that now Troy is like outside by herself is the, is the story that it seems like as you know, my mom is like, "What is my youngest baby doing out here, and where are her brothers? You know, that's what's happening, I'm assuming in her head. I'm calling Chris like every other time, of course, it's nothing. <laughs> of course today, he don't hear nothing okay and so i'm just like mm, it's not gonna be a good one <laughs> i can just remember that feeling my heart is racing and so my mom comes in laughing because she know she know her kids because she was the same way and she's like i'm just trying to figure out <laughs> like how does this story plan out like what happened because <laughs> why is she outside by herself where's your brother and you know i hey and I'm supposed to just come up with this elaborate plan that pieces the three of us together. I don't know. I don't know. So, yeah. it. I don't remember what I said, but I remember it not really working out in our favor. Um, yeah. Mm. Pretty interesting situation. It was funny, though. It's very funny. I also remember we used to sneak people in our house. Yeah, Shannon's agreeing. Mm-hmm. I think she did the same thing. <laughs> 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 and so we would sneak out friends in the house. And one time we had, our, this was just me and my brother, we had our two friends in the room. We were playing the game. And my mom came home and we didn't know.
0: Y'all was still in there?
1: Yeah. And so what we did was when we heard her coming, we hid them under the bed. And it was just real regular, real normal. And then she went to the bathroom. Because that's what all mothers do when they get off work. That is what they do. Right. And so everybody knows their mama's schedule. So when she went in that bathroom, the four of us ran down the stairs like a herd of cows. Dummies. Which is what me and Chris normally would do. Oh, okay. And so, like normal, she would just cuss us out from the bathroom. Stop running down my stairs! And it was a successful... Problem was, when we got to the door at this time, our friends' mothers are on their porch looking for their kids. And so, they had to, like, army crawl out the door. What is going on? They popped up on the porch. Like, we was just hiding from y'all. We was just kidding. Hey, we right here. It worked. It was successful. That's crazy. Kids and be more. So,
0: anyway, we're talking about family and fatherhood. Um, And so, that was... A snippet of our childhoods and yeah. the things that we did. Good times. Yeah. But um, times, they get a little dark. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, I'm going to talk about that a little bit. My dad was a great guy. His name was Tracy. Everybody still calls me little Tracy to this day, which gets on my nerves. <laughs> 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 but they call me little Tracy because I look just like my dad. And, um, my dad, he was a great guy. He was, um, fun. You know, we always went to dad when we wanted something that we knew mom wasn't going to give us. Mm. And his response would be, go ask your mom. And mom's response would be, go ask your dad. So (laughs) we never got anything. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) And so... Yeah, but my dad had uh, a slight issue. It was actually very major. My dad, <laughs> he dealt with alcoholism. Um, and that can be a battle, yet alone a demon in itself. Yeah, definitely. Um. And so growing up, it was kind of hard because him and my mom would always get into it. All the time. <laughs> and most of it had dealt with his drinking Mm -hmm. and and that whole problem. Um, It was hard because that hindered him from like doing a lot of things with us. Um, I could probably count on one hand how many times he's been to a basketball game and I play basketball all the time (laughs) (laughs) for at least – five or six years straight, like, all year round, 365 days. Mm. Um, I don't think he's really ever heard me play the drums. Um, So it's a lot of stuff that I felt like he missed out because of just, like, that addiction and dealing with that. And honestly, I think most of that comes from my brother, which a lot of people don't know. I had a little brother. His name was Xavier. And I think when my brother passed, that was just something that he just could not get with. How old was he when he passed? He was three months mm. yeah his only son yeah. and really the only son ever that was been born Into in our family. immediate family yeah. yeah so yeah it was just that took a toll on him and I mean of course it took a toll on all of us like we all loved him but at the same time we have to like continue with what we have you and know, like you know yeah
1: it's hard though I, I could I could definitely understand that that perspective but, yeah, you're right.
0: Yeah, so, most of the time when he was drunk, though, that was, like, that was the one thing that he would always talk about, is, like, my brother. And to me, it kind of hurt. And this is probably going to be emotional for me. That's okay. Because I feel like I need to release this. Yeah. Um. But I feel like I wanted him to mourn, but I didn't want him to stay there. Because right. it took away from... What you could have given me?
1: Yeah,
0: and um, it's all right, babe. And um, I can't talk when I cry.
1: You gotta try.
0: <laughs> um, whew. babe, stop looking at me. What am I supposed <laughs> to do? Okay. I got to get my cheeks to calm down. <laughs> Cuz they up here. Okay. So anyway, I feel like him being stuck in that place, he never got out of that.
1: Yeah, and it hindered him from sharing just, with, you know, with his having kids that were here.
0: Right, right. Um so, yeah, so, you know, it it was, well, I heard he was kind of doing alcohol before I was born, really. Mm-hmm. But um, I just think it got worse, like extremely worse after my brother had passed.
1: Yeah.
0: And um, he even started smoking when my brother passed, which I was like, what is going on? Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> what is all of these things that you're picking up? Like, what is happening? And um, it just kind of put a strain on not just my relationship and my sister's relationship with him, but my mom's relationship with him. And just kind of like seeing her go through that pain, too, of like feeling like almost a, a single mom, in a sense, mm-hmm. you know, because my dad was there, but he wasn't like supportive. Yeah. yeah. You know, Um, I mean, he put food on the table, and you know, paid the bills and stuff, but beyond that it wasn't, um...
1: An emotional connection.
0: Yeah, the odor that I got. It was like he was kind of withdrawing himself a little bit from us, and with that, I kind of felt like we did the same. Like, you mm. know, we felt hurt too, and most of that pain that I had was more so like me also being mad for my mom. Mm. You know what I'm saying? That's, yeah, yeah. And so, um... I don't know I just wish that I could Tell him Yeah That I'm sorry Because I feel like He just needed to be loved Yeah And He just needed that moment You know For us to really come together As a family And just support him Mm -hmm. (laughs) Instead of like Putting him down Yeah Even more When he was at a bad place and, um, so I, I'm sorry for treating you that way before you left this earth. And, um, I wish I could just have those moments back. Yeah. Because he's not here anymore, for those people who don't know. Um, my dad passed away from pulmonary embolism, which is a fancy word for um, blood clots. And he had them in his. Um leg, chest, and brain um so yeah, I just had to get that out. I'm sorry,
1: you fine babe i I think i I love you firstly, and I'm so proud of you for even having the courage to express yourself in this manner. um you are a strong woman um always have always will be. And I think that you should, I mean, I'm not really here to, to tell you how to do this because it is your story, it's your life, but I wouldn't give myself so much credit only because of the time, it's the times that we were in, you know, mental health and all of that kind of thing is just starting to be a conversation and I'm a firm believer in not um, putting the consequences of the parents on the child. Um, and so I appreciate that, that you recognize that truth and that maybe there could have been a little more love given to him. And I do agree with that, um, because as you were telling the story, all I could just hear is that he was definitely suffering through a depression before there was, um, any safe place for men, no matter what age, and more particularly black men to have that kind of conversation. Um, and so nobody really knew how to deal with it. And nobody would expect you being the youngest child in that family to be the one to, you know, do that for any of them. And so I I love you in that you express that so well. But give yourself some slack because you deserve it. And it's not I know I'm. I, I believe that he knows that. And I'm sure if he could, he would apologize to you because he's in a better place now and he now has a better understanding of what that situation was. And so I'm almost for certain he wouldn't want you carrying around those kind of negative feelings about you towards him. You know what I'm saying? Because he would have much more of that feeling about you. But you are powerful. This is black girl magic at its finest. This guy.
0: This guy. Sorry, I just kind of jumped in there and did that.
1: Um Y'all hear? I'm not doing too much talk in this episode on purpose. Because this was Shannon's idea, so I knew that you needed to release. You knew that? Yeah. You sure? There's not many days you bring up fatherhood.
0: Like I said, he was a loving guy, but he did have an issue with drinking. And... um That was just kind of his venting place. I I remember, like, my mom used to always, like, yell at me, like, don't you get in the car with him if he's doing this and doing Mm -hmm. that? And I'm like, okay, but I'm young. I don't have a phone. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, what am I supposed to do? Yeah, that's what the were
1: before those days. Yeah.
0: So, it was, I would always just, you know, get in the car and say a little wish and a prayer.
1: Yeah.
0: So, but yeah, I'm here, so.
1: It is what it is. I have a very <laughs> interesting story about getting in the call with people you ain't supposed to. Mm-hmm. And I can talk about it now because um, she's no longer with us. Ooh. Not that she would listen to this in any way, but my great-grandmother. Um, <laughs> this was one day, I was probably like maybe 12 or 13, and My great-grandfather, I think he died in 2011, either 2011 or 2000, I was still in high school. So I think, I want to say it was 2011 and his death was very interesting because we had just had a birthday party for him and he died the next morning. Like he never woke up from when he came home, went home and went to bed from the party. And um, everybody was just so devastated because my great grandfather was, um, he was very old fashioned. He was very much so a macho man. He was a um, carpenter, if you will. He did tile work, he did floor work. He, um, He actually built a whole section of a house a, a add on to his house um, but yeah when he passed away the family just and it really hit my great grandmother really hard and so this was a right around the time right before her I want to say her second her first stroke this was right before her first stroke happened because that's when she stopped walking but when she was still walking and moving around um, she was like yeah we're going to go shopping and get you some jeans and so I was just like, Okay, cool, go get some jeans. Why why not? Sure. All right, sure. And so we were about to leave the house and she had invited my brother who was in the room watching T V with my cousin. And they were both like, No, I'm good. So I was in there with them, like telling them like, Oh yeah, we, we about to go shopping and she said you can come if you want you get some jeans. And so my cousin was like, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> oh my God. You know, that just don't seem like the smart thing to do and he's like probably a good decade older than me close to no, no, definitely well I would say like 8 years 8 or 9 years I'm not really too sure on the number but yeah he was like not really the smartest choice my guy don't do it and so my brother heard that and was like no I'm good (laughs) cause at this point she's now at the door like you coming and he's like no I'm good and so my great grandmother was my heart and still is. And so I went. I'm like, This is my road dog. Okay. Like, what? We gonna be alright. you know how many times I've been went places with her? What y'all talking about? Okay. That was a very interesting um trip. <laughs> we got there fine. Um, we went to the store and we did the shopping, and but when on the way back it got really interesting. There was a point when we were driving down the road and the yellow to you know, the yellow paint line that says they driving that way over there, we driving this way over here. There was a point in time where that double yellow painted line was in between my grandmother and I. <laughs> she was literally driving down the middle of the road. So that was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um grandma. grandma you all right over there You're and fine. i asked her that a few times because she was swerving and I, i'm like you good she's like yeah i'm all right and then i looked and i'm like wait a minute like because i'm a little short so you have to like peek over the hood and she had one of them long front cars so i'm like is that the yellow line like slammed down the middle like where the the what's that thing called like good a girl M- not the, the real emblem. Yeah, where the emblem sits. like a, Imagine, like, a jaguar, you know, it has, like, the little, the old ones had the real jaguar. So, like, whatever emblem it was, like, I could see the yellow lines lined up with the emblem. And I'm like, mm, this is not the best. So I grabbed the wheel and I pulled her into the lane. And she got mad at me. And she was like, um, what you see over there is different from what I see over here. I said, no, we, and then at this point, this is the first time I ever was like, we not doing this to her. Um, and so, yeah, it was an interesting trip. And so when we How got, old were you? I was probably like, I said 11, 12, but I really feel like I was maybe like 14, 13 or 14. And, um, yeah. So as we got closer to her house, we have to go down this hill And at this point, um, this is like neighborhood area, so there aren't really no painted lines or anything like that. She's driving down the literal wrong side of the road, and the back of her car knocks over a mailbox. And she has the nerve to say, bitch. (laughs) Grandma, that was not a person, number one. Number two, you did something to them
0: oh my god <laughs> she was upset with somebody
1: she was. and I was like oh wow and so I got back and my cousin and my brother was looking at me like how was it <laughs>
0: <The> verdict, <laughs> right what's the verdict
1: <clears throat> and I said I should have listened to y'all and it will never happen again and so the next time she asked me I told her no and that's kind of how she knew she was grounded like because I think her only way to like get in the car and drive, it will not really for herself, because at this point, I think my grandmother, her daughter, was doing most of the shopping for the house because my great-grandfather had just passed and all of that kind of thing. And so, yeah. That was funny to me.
0: So, ain't nobody take her keys from her?
1: They did, eventually. Okay. They did. And um, that was that. My story is, I think... What did that? So, I'm glad I was able to tell my story for my family. Because they probably wouldn't have had that experience not happened. You know. I'm weak.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, that low-key happened to me one time with my dad. I was like, listen, I'm good, I'm good. No, no, you're not. <laughs> okay? You're not. Stop. For real. Get on... We on the right-hand side. Did you have any stories? Because I can keep talking.
1: Yeah. Um, stories about what? Or not though.
0: stories, but just some insight on fatherhood.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, my take on fatherhood is um is very interesting. I've had a few different father figures, and that's because my dad was never really in my life growing up. Um he didn't come back around until I was probably like 16, 17. And really at that time I was fully mentally fully grown. Um, but yeah. I think in, in retrospect though, it gave me a more appreciation for black men in my life. Because I had uncles and I had Like my grandfather and like my great grandfather um, when I was really young, who had no problem with being that for me and my brother. And I don't know. I just I a lot of people talk about like what that like, how does that affect a young boy when he when he loses his father and all of that kind of thing at a young age. But that conversation, I feel like is more geared towards my brother because my brother actually remembers having good times and memories with my dad and then him leaving um, and, and up in Baltimore nine times out of 10 it's you know drug related whether rather or whether I think it's whether whether using or selling or whatever and i think my father was doing a little bit of it all and um but i don't have any of those memories i don't have memories with my father at a young age um and I don't know if it was like I was just born when it all had happened or what the case was but my all of my memories are with my mom and and I'm okay like I I grew up not really having any resentment with the man because I didn't know him and um my grandparents were there and i always talk about when i talk about my grandparents i'm always talking about my father's parents because i um my mom's parents my mom's mother died um, before any of her kids were born so we never met our maternal grandmother and um we met our maternal grandfather um he lived down here actually in suffolk in whale um and so we did meet him before he passed away a few years ago but um, my father's parents always were very supportive of us, always took care of us. They really filled that void um, that he left behind. And I greatly appreciate them for doing that because we never really missed a beat. And really that his side of the family is the majority of the family that I know and and connect with. um. So, yeah, that was all fine and dandy, but I had other father figures and other men to look up to. And I never really told them. It's not like something that was spoken. It was just, you know, little notes that I would check off in my mental checklist and just like, um, you know, I like that. I like what I'm seeing there. I would love to do that or be that when I get his age. And so, yeah. Um, When I was, I don't know, maybe... I don't know. I think I was a teenager. I would probably, well, no, I think I was younger than that. I think I was probably like 11 or 12 for real. Um, is when I was introduced to my godfather and, um, he was just very different. Um, he lived farther out. He, he was a really nice guy. Um, real cool, calm and collected. Um, and then I met his daughter, who's my god's sister, and we were just a nice little family. We would hang out on weekends and stuff like that, and yeah, it was a fun time. And I remember like really enjoying myself and being around his family and all of that kind of stuff. But as I got older and like went into high school, those connections stopped or slowed down rapidly. And I kind of really didn't think anything of it. We would, like, text and talk and that kind of thing. But as I got to college, like, the communication just stopped abruptly. And my mom, um, would call me and we would have conversations about it. And she would just be like, you know, um, you should really call him. You should really talk to him. His health was failing. He wasn't really doing too well. And so there would be times where I would reach out and I would talk to him and, um, we would have nice communication, and then you know that was <clears throat> it. And so I just grew to a point where I I stopped, and um, I would find out on random occasions that he and my mom like kept in contact, and it bothered me because, um, I felt that we had established an actual relationship. You know, he was my father, um. And he took he filled that void. Um, I wouldn't really say completely, but to a, to a substantial degree. And then he stopped on his own accord. I feel like you know, and I I had to have that conversation. It was low key, kind of like an argument with my mother because I get the whole concept. And going back to your story, and you know, wanting to do better and wanting to be more in that given situation. But I cannot take on the weight of an adult's actions, especially somebody older than me. And now that I am a full grown adult, I did not feel the need to chase behind a grown man. Like, I don't need anybody to. I'm not begging anybody to be my father. You know what I'm saying? That was never my story, because like I said earlier, growing up, I was fine. You know, I had my mom, I had my siblings, I had my aunts, I had my uncles, I had my grandparents and my great-grandparents and my extended cousins in every which way. And I had a solid family and I was okay. So that was never really something that I quote-unquote longed for. And um, as those kind of narratives started popping up more frequently than not, that's what more people wanted for me, you know? And so, yeah, I kind of just left it alone. I was like, you know, the phone works both ways. And last time I checked, I'd done all the past recent callings. And yes, they have been months and months in between, but it was still on me. And when is anybody else going to pick up their end of the deal? And um, it kind of bothered me a little bit as time went on. Um but then I kind of just got over it. I kind of grew a peace with it. Um I never really resented him or anybody for that matter. <clears throat> Not my biological father who I'm still in contact with on occasion. Um Oh yeah. So my godfather wound up passing away earlier this year. Um and I went home for the funeral. And it was very overwhelming, um, to say the least, um, because I felt like a fish out of water. Um, everybody was kind of just like looking at me. Some people like, who is that? Some people like, I know exactly who that is. Where has he been? How are you? You know, because he brought me around his entire family, oh, a decade ago, you know, um, and so yeah, it was just very weird. It's very weird. Um because myself and his daughter are it and um yeah. I appreciate that side of my family. I love them dearly. Um and I'm going to do better at trying to communicate with them because they do want a relationship with me. Um and so I'm fine with that, but I could not deny that I don't even know if I felt guilt guilt isn't what I felt but I felt a way in that they're trying harder than he did you know and that's what kind of was like okay I'm, I'm glad that I'm able to deal with my emotions in a way that kind of gets me to solutions a lot faster than most people um and I don't know what that is. I guess that's the the empath in me. I'm very I'm very empathetic, and so I felt, I felt the the love that I'm sure he had for me that was never shared through them, and um, I was content with that. And so yeah, I've had a few dads, if you will, and um, yeah. I do remember a few years ago when cuz my brother like I said earlier he I don't he needs to seek some counseling I feel like with my father and him but um there was a time where we both kind of were just like I don't want to deal with him. I remember when he first came back like I said when I was like 16 17 at this point my brother was a full adult 18 19 and um he had just got out of jail and um I do remember growing up and actually, like, not having an issue with him just because he would send letters. He would send us letters. He would write to us. My mom would write them back. She would send them pictures and all of that kind of stuff. And I remember that being okay. But there was just, I don't know if they stopped or, you know, my life just got more about me being a preteen and, you know, growing up. Do you
0: serve time, like?
1: Yeah, he served I'm a, saying like
0: at a long yes, period of time a or a length was it of just... time.
1: No, he served a length of time. Oh. I'm talking maybe I don't know, maybe twelve years, maybe thirteen, maybe more. I don't know. I feel like there were certain times where he would get out, but he wasn't living here. He was in Georgia. Um he got out and then he moved To Georgia for a little bit but then he went back and then had to serve like another five another six or something like that I don't know but he wasn't here (laughs) that's what I knew um but yeah when he came back home for good it was just like okay (laughs) what you want from us like a party like all right you know we live in our lives we got this as a solid routine now and you are not in the equation and we kind of made that clear, like, and that was probably one of the first times me and my brother saw eye to eye, like, instantly. Because it was like, what, what's not about to happen is we about to come in here and act like everything is just fine. Like, we can't do that. We don't, we don't play that phony game like that. Mm-mm. And it was to the point where my grandmother had to sit us down and she kind of was hot with us because it kind of felt like we were denying him. And she was like, and if you deny him, then you're denying me, in a sense, because, you know, he's my son. And if he was never your father, then you would never be my grandkids. And that's the reality. And, you know, from that perspective, it's like, okay, yeah, I'll get that now. At the time, I was not really trying to hear it, Um, but I respected my grandmother, so we did calm down. But at the same time, you know, I don't think anybody really cared about how it affected us as his kids, Um, looking back on that now. And so now it kind of, I'm really, my brother, he doesn't do much talking ever. He's not a man of many words. He has a son now. Um, I couldn't really tell you on what the relationship is between his son and our dad, um, because I don't know. Um, I have seen them share small words together. He seems like he's okay, but I can t- I know my brother. And, you know, there's a lot of things that he needs to talk to somebody about because that man is crazy. Just <laughs> like the rest of us. But <clears throat> I kick it to my father straight. You know, I really don't. I, I respect him as a man. Um, I respect him as my father. But that's kind of it for me. And I really don't have no problem saying that. Um, because other than that, there's really no relationship there. Um, and and at this point, that's at fault of both sides because I'm grown and he's grown, and it is what it is. Um, he don't call my phone. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I, I'm not. I'm really not tripping about it. Because at this point, I've I've firmly made that decision. Like I'm for the people who are for me. Because that's all I really have, the space, mental space, and heart space to cater to. Um, and he just does not make that list, unfortunately. Um, but if I see him at like the house or at my grandparents' house, we have conversation. Um, this past year, he was about to get a smooth cuss out. And my I mother,
0: like, Do you really? my mother <laughs> saved
1: him. He was about to get a smooth cuss out this past year. Because him, my aunt, his sister, and his father, my grandfather, all three of their birthdays are in December. And they are like the the two weeks, well, the week of and the week before Christmas. They all fall in that two-week span. And so I always try to make sure, you know, I tell them happy birthday. But this particular year, I did not tell my father happy birthday. This was December of 2018. And so um, at the Christmas party that my grandmother had, he had kind of like rolled up on me as we were, I think we were congr- or giving my grand, it was actually for my grandfather. That's what it was. Cause my grandfather's birthday is after Christmas. I think, I can't remember. <clears throat> it's either right after Christmas or right before, but I think it's after Christmas. And so my grandmother had a party for him. And we were, you know, just celebrating my grandfather and. I forgot how the conversation started, but basically my father had rolled up on me and was like, but you ain't say happy birthday to me this year. And I kind of looked at him like, nigga, please. And that's kind of where I was. And I was, he was like getting on me. Like low-key. Legitly. Like, no, it was not a tease. He was legitly trying to reprimand me. I'm 25 years old. I'm a grown ass man. Number one. Number two. It had dawned on me, like, nigga, you didn't call me on my birthday. And that was in April. And I turned 25, which is not a big deal. I mean, it is a big deal, but it is not common for the black man in Baltimore to see 25. That's an accomplishment. Like, I had a lot of people reaching out to me on my 25th birthday because they know that we've lost friends at 12. We've lost friends at 14. We've lost friends at 16. Like, it's a major accomplishment for a black man in Baltimore to make it past 25, let alone see it. And you didn't call me at all. I got nothing. No belated, no nothing. And so I was about to light the flame on his ass before my mother stepped in and was like, nigga, please. You know? (laughs) like More or less. She ain't say those words exactly, but more or less, that's that's how she summed that up. And I said, ma, you better get him. And that's all I said. And I walked away. And finish drinking my beer, cause he forgot. He don't know me like that. That's what he forgot. And and a lot of people don't know. Like I'm not, I'm not the one that's gonna come out there and cut your neck. But if you step to me, there's a whole different person that you don't know that I don't let out often that you really might not like. And it's really it's no respect of age or difference, unfortunately. I really wish I could say, Oh, I'm respectful to my elders all the time. But I'm not, because at that point, I, I feel like my mind is way beyond its years. I'm not the wisest. I'm not the smartest. But I respect people on the regular at at base minimum. That is my number one go-to is to show you respect. And so when I don't get that, when you when you choose, to you take the option to show me disrespect on purpose, you're going to get a lashing that you were not prepared for. And that's what he almost received. <laughs> he almost received a serious lashing that he was not prepared for, and it was it was probably going to ruin the party. <laughs> it was probably bound to catch somebody's ear and just be a whole thing. So I'm glad my mother saved his life. I'm glad she did that. Okay. <laughs> she was she. I think she literally said, "Boy, bye." I feel like that's a direct quote. I can
0: see her doing yeah,
1: that. Boy, yeah, boy, bye, I'm like, stop. Off. Right, <laughs> and we did walk away together. Like, we not even about to do this. <laughs> we not. Y'all are
0: funny. I can't. But, yeah, that's my that's my situation. So, do you think, well, I'll say this. So, like, recently and more, more currently, I've, like, seen you seek out mentorship. Mm-hmm. Um, from like other black men, and just not not necessarily knowing exactly like what specifically you're looking for, but probably just manhood and just mm-hmm. you know, you know kind of just figuring out who you are and just having somebody to talk to about things that you may be uncertain about mm-hmm. um but I can't help to think like even though you may not have the best relationship with your dad, you know sometimes it makes me wonder like maybe. Some of the things that you are looking for.
1: He has the answers to. He
0: may have the answers to.
1: I and thought about that.
0: Your face just now is just like, boy, bye. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, but <clears throat> those are things that I have truly considered. Um, but I go back to just how we were raised and how we were brought up. And I'm not talking about just me and my brother, but I'm talking about um the culture of the black boy and the black man is so tainted, in my personal opinion, and that's no slight to my mom or any, any black mom raising black boys, because I don't think that has much to do with it, but it actually, I think it actually comes from a man-to-man interaction, and whoever started it, I don't know, but men don't talk about serious, real topics, at least they didn't. Um, I think it's happening more and more now, but... Not even what? Not even seven years ago, those kind of, sa- con- kind of conversations weren't really happening. And I would have loved to have those kind of serious talks with my dad about any given topic, but he's not the type to open up. He and my brother are exactly alike. And my grandfather. All three of them are um, um, men of few words. Very few words. Um, My grandfather is still very quiet. I've known him my entire life.
0: Yeah, I don't really hear him talk. He doesn't talk when much. When I say hey on the first
1: Yep, weekend. he'll say hey. He'll smile and <laughs> laugh. He'll have a good time with you. But he doesn't say much of anything. My brother's the exact same way. And so is my dad. And I remember vividly trying to have those kind of moments with him. And they would just go the completely wrong route. Or he would say some of the dumbest stuff to me. And when I say dumb, I mean, comments that may be deemed, I don't want to, I want to use the word inappropriate, but I don't want it to take like a dark twisted tone. Cause I don't mean that. I just mean literally not necessary for the given conversation. Um, and I really wish I could put like an example on it, but he was one of the first people that made me realize how conceited the human race is. And that's not, like, a slight to him, but just to say, like, people love talking about themselves, whether they realize it or not. And he was one of the first people that I could, like, bring up an issue to, and he would just circle it back to himself. Not really on an advice path, but just, like, listen to this story about me. Mm. And that had no weight to me. And so, I don't know. I kind of just... I feel like I tried those things and that's what I didn't tell a lot of people like a lot of people kind of just look at my stance on a situation and think but you never gave it a chance but a lot of people don't know like I do my own experiments by myself like I don't need anybody's permission to figure shit out you know what I'm saying And and that's a mentality that I've had for a very long time and so People just see my stance, but they don't know the experiments that I went through, like actually trying to have that relationship with my father, actually making the decision to say, you know what, I'm going to actively not feel like my brother feels and try to go the complete opposite direction and give him a chance and let him in and all of that. I did all of that and it came back void. Um. And so, yeah, I kind of just packed that experiment up and boxed it away. And that was that. And I'm fine with that. Um, Because I just feel like he... I won't say never, but it may take him a while before he's ready to actually open up on his end. To even receive those kind of serious conversations. And I wouldn't mind having them. But he just has to be prepared for what they are. Because... I don't see them happening anytime soon, and by then I'm gonna be a full grown man with a full family and everything plus. And he
0: And that's my fear though.
1: I get you, but I what I'm saying is it's not on me. Like I will have those conversations today, but I know he's not ready. And I don't know when he will be, and I'm not holding my breath. Because that is the mentality of the black man, especially from that era, that era, that age range. You know, you can't tell them no wrong, that they, you know, you can't tell them nothing. And when you get into anything that's emotional based, they run and they defer and they make excuse and they literally lash out. They, some men become aggressive because they just don't know how to deal with their emotions. And then they feel challenged because it's coming from another man who does. I've seen a lot of that, those different scenarios. And um, I'm just not here for it. I'm not here for that mental battle because that is a draining battle. That makes me feel like I'm fighting a losing battle because I know he's not prepared.
0: I mean, I understood. But have you been that direct with him? Like, this is what I need from you right now
1: well that's interesting because i don't never i never really felt like i needed anything from him that's probably something that i need to assess and see if i do i don't know if i do maybe i do i don't know what it is (laughs) i don't know you know what i'm saying that's not something i thought about truly because i never really thought that i needed anything from him like i'm fairly successful given my current, you know, my previous situation or how I was brought up in life. Like my family tells me all the time how proud they are of me. I'm the only child of my mom's that's not living in the same state, let alone the same city. Um, you know, with a house and a car and a job and, you know, healthcare and benefit, you know, that's considered successful to them. It's not considered my success. They don't, they, some of them may know that all of them probably don't, but to them, I'm I'm successful. I'm well off. Um, so yeah, I don't know. That's an interesting thought.
0: Yeah, my fear though, going back to like, you know, having a family is like, I don't really have that grandparent thing that I can give to them. You know what I'm saying? No. Like,
1: I don't know. My dad's gone. Right. Okay. My
0: uncle is gone. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And recently, my grandfather just got diagnosed with something. So I don't really know. Like, I won't, they won't have that father sense love coming, not coming from you. Like, a grandparent's love is totally different. I feel you. You know what I'm saying? I feel you. And so I just don't want it to be just. Us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, I want it to Are be Are you a...
1: fearful for our, our future children's tribe?
0: No, I think they'll be fine.
1: Oh, I'm, I'm just
0: asking. Yeah, I think they'll be totally fine, but I still want them to experience at least what I, I was able to experience in the love that I had. You know what I'm saying? And um, physically, mm-hmm. I won't be able to do that.
1: Right. No, I feel you. And it's kind of love But to what, <laughs> what I implore to you is I would love for them to feel that as well. I would love for my kids to feel the kind of love that I received growing up. But then I bring back to the point. None of those father figures were around during that. So I didn't necessarily need them in the picture to feel that. Because I had a lovely childhood. And I don't really feel like I missed out. And that may be because I never had it to experience, but I honestly don't feel like I missed out. I feel like my mom did a great job raising three kids. She, I feel like um, we never really wanted for anything, and if we did, we understood why. Um, and I'm I'm okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I feel I I now kind of feel bad, but
0: no, it's not to make you feel bad. Yeah. But like, I understand that you're trying Mm -hmm. or you have tried, yeah, you know, and I have, I have not physically experienced you trying. right? So that's why I kind of push it because I had it and I don't have it. Right. You know what I'm saying? No, I feel you. And so, I mean, it is what it is. If he's not ready, then I mean, that is what it is. Like you can't make him ready, but me personally, I just don't want you to stop trying because the Mm -hmm. moment that you stop trying, he may be ready.
1: Gotcha. That's valid. That's definitely valid. And I think we've had this conversation before. And I'm not... I can do that. I have no problem with doing that. I don't know what that looks like today, if I'm being honest. I don't either. I don't know what that looks (laughs) like today. Because people have to grow. You know what I'm saying? There has to be like marked time of progress. And in order to have that, you got to put in work. You know, you got to put in the work to have more than curva pill. For real. <laughs> and that's <And> ep- no. happening. <laughs> <laughs> you really do. And I don't know if that time has been put in. So to say, like, I'm going to keep trying and every time I am around him, I'm going to actively try. I have to monitor the situation first. I have to notice something there different because if I see that it's still the exact same thing then that's not going to prompt me to try. Only because who you are is who you are.
0: (laughs) Okay, I guess my point Mm -hmm. is that he wasn't around. Mm -hmm. So him being a father, he does not know how to be. Got it. You know what I'm saying? And so sometimes I feel like you have to show him parts of you that he may need Mm. (laughs) for him to tap back. That's
1: powerful, Shannon. Well, you know. Wow. I try. Can you say that again? Mm-mm.
0: No? We'll play it back. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, I just feel like sometimes you have to show him, Like, this is where I'm headed. Either you can be back there or you can ride with me.
1: You know what I'm saying? I, yeah. I, I feel like I've literally said that to him before, but I don't mind saying that again.
0: Yeah. So, I just feel like people only do the best that they know how. Yeah. And I kind of feel like you may just be stuck back where it was. It was. That's You know bad. what I'm saying? So.
1: But then, okay. I, I completely agree with you. And I'm actually inspired to try and be better. But there's also, like we talked about in the last episode, human flaw. And everybody has the power to choose. And so... What I grew up doing was always choosing people who did not choose me. I remember my aunt, um, and she just, she passed away a few years ago. Um, but I will never forget my middle school graduation, and I loved this aunt. She was one of my favorite aunts. Um, we would always dance and have fun and have a good time. She's one of the realest aunts I had. And I gave her a ticket to my middle school graduation without telling my mom, because um, you know you know how moms are with tickets. <laughs> <laughs>
0: you got ten tickets. How many? Right. You know you got your aunt and your.
1: <laughs> and so this particular aunt wasn't accounted for by my mom, and so when I told her, she was upset with me because, um, she was just upset with me because she won't. She didn't. Ha- she hadn't made her cut. And so graduation rolls around, and she never showed. She never showed up. And I kind of was like, okay. Like, I understand why now my mom was upset because she didn't want me to feel like this. Um, Because my mom had already known that she was probably not going to show. And um, it hurt me. I was very upset. I was very sad. And what hurt me even more is I remember her kind of just brushing it off when I had asked her about it. And mind you, this was my middle school graduation. And even at that age, I was approaching adults like, but, you know, what's this about? Um, Because I was just that inquisitive as a child. And that's why I always say, like, my mind was always older than my body. Um, Because I vividly remember doing that, like, by myself, like, telling my mom I wanted to go over there. I wanted to see her, you know. We went and I rolled up on her ass and was like, you know, I gave you a ticket and you ain't show and she literally like just laughed it off. And, you know, because I'm like, what? How old are you when you graduate middle school? 13? You know, she, you know, she brushed it off. Like it did not matter. And it meant the world to me. And that's just kind of when I was like, okay. And so having those experiences before my father even popped back up, you know what I'm saying? It was like been there, done that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, back to, it's the choice. It's the choices that we make. And I think most black men who behave in that manner, which is a majority of them, unfortunately, whether we want to believe it or not, makes that choice to deflect. Deflect. Because the same emotions I have about a particular situation, you have as well. But just from your perspective. So it's not like you can say you don't know. You know you have two kids. You know what I'm saying? You know you have two sons. Um, You know that you had a responsibility to raise them. And you know you didn't do that. Those but, are...
0: Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. Right. Go ahead. I'm sorry.
1: Finish. Those are his choices. Mm-hmm. Not And... and I'm not even... This is not to cast blame. This is just to say, literally, those were the choices you made. So now that you have an opportunity to fix any of those choices, you choose to maintain the life that you had. And that's his choice. And I get what you're saying about him not knowing better, but my brother and I aren't figments of his imagination. You know what I'm saying? We are physically, literally here. Um... And so it's kind of like to an extent, like you look that choice in the face almost every day in some way, shape or form. Our pictures are all over my grandmother's house. You know what I'm saying? Because that's where he stays. um, At least I think that's where the last time he was staying last I heard. Um, So you literally look that choice in the face every day. You see that my grandparents did your job for you Mm -hmm. every single day. And that does not inspire or encourage him to change. I'm sure it doesn't help that I'm all the way in Virginia and he's all the way up there. But like I said, the phone worked both ways. And that's what I was saying to you about I learned at a very early age to not bear the consequence of the parents' actions. Um, and I think it has helped me. I um, mean, I might need to go to therapy about it. I actually do want to go to therapy about it. um, Like real therapy. Because I could very well be thinking about this all wrong. But this is just my perspective and this is how I feel I I honestly do feel content about the situation um because yeah I feel like I'm I'm doing well for myself given my past and I'm proud of me and I'm proud of my accomplishments I'm proud of my goals and I'm proud of my journey and, and I'm proud of the experiences that I have had with my father and father figures because they weren't all bad. Um, the good ones were very far and few in between. And me having a bad memory, I couldn't really ca- call them out to you because I know there were way more bad than good. And those are the ones that stick out. But um, I think it's just everybody's journey. And I used to be the one to try to nudge at people's story you know that was me that was the i was the one like so yeah you are going to try to be here right i had that convo with him when he first got back i remember that this is what you are going to do this this is what you are saying to me right now like this is something you are going to actively try and do to try to get him to rewrite that narrative and he refused it was silent you know it won't like he said hell no fuck you I ain't doing that but it was a very quiet defiance that took place and that led us to where we are now
0: mm.
1: and I don't resent him or anything like that I said that earlier but yeah that man is grown he made his own choices and I'm grown and I'm gonna make mine
0: okay All right, so the takeaway today I would say is that family is important. You know, the memories that we um, came up on, they mean a lot to us. Um, And that, you know, your family plays a big part in your narrative. So, you know, when you are raising kids, make sure that you're doing the best that you can. Um, Show them support. Show them love. Be in the moment. Um, And if you weren't able to be in that
1: moment when they were growing up,
0: do the best that you can to play catch
1: up. Yeah, definitely. I think another good takeaway is to just remember that you are growing human beings and that the little babies turn into adults and they follow behind your example. Check on your people. I think this this conversation kind of also ties into mental health in a way, shape, or form back yeah. when we were, when a lot of those kind of conversations were not happening, um, so check on check on your folk. And I know we this generation, our generation, we do a way better job at it. But the older the older folks, the seasoned saints, need to um do the same because they were the ones at our age not having these conversations. And they should have.
0: What's your music mania, babe?
1: My music mania is an I think he's an indie artist. Oh. Oh. An independent. <laughs>
0: Mm We're not doing any art indie artists <laughs> no, today, no, no sir. No, this was
1: a good one. No, he's, and I think you' about to do one as well. So don't try it. This
0: isn't no indie
1: artist. They're an indie band. Anyway, my um music mania is an artist by the name of Darius Coleman. Um, he actually just followed me on Instagram. Um, a few weeks ago, but I actually got his. Song or he came on my radar. I was on Instagram and I was going through my Instagram stories, and I follow. I can't think of his name right now, but he's Jordan Sparks' husband. I think his name is uh, Dana, Dana Isaiah or something like that. And um, he was listening to this artist, and he was like, "Y'all got to get hit. And you know, he his comment was something along the lines of. You know, start getting into these independent artists and stop following the, the train, if you will. And so I clicked What's on link? Darius Coleman. And so I clicked on the link to his EP and I listened to it. It's only five tracks. It's an EP called What I'm Trying to Say. Trying to T-R-Y-N-A. T-R-Y-N-A. Mm-hmm. What I'm Trying to Say. Um, it's an EP and it's pretty good. It's a. It's only 14 minutes, five tracks. Um, But I thoroughly enjoyed it, and um, really dope singer. So, yeah, Darius Coleman is my music mania. If you get a chance, listen to him.
0: Okay, Darius Coleman. What's your music mania, babe? Well, I'm glad you asked. I was waiting. Mm -hmm. My music mania is T. Aaron. He is a producer. Well, I don't really know much about him, so let me not say that. But he produces, because that's what this is. Um, He takes original tracks, and then he um, illustrates it a whole nother way, honestly, from what we're used to hearing. So I'm actually going to play something, because I don't think you'll ever hear this podcast, and we may not get charged for it. So give me one second. Should I do No Limit, or should I do This Is How We Do It?
1: I would love to hear that.
0: That's only a snippet, but. Yeah, that's really nice. Yeah, it's like pretty that. dope. So I've been listening to all of his stuff. I kind of been nitpicking through it. Just doing things that I, we're um, listening to songs or the titles that I know and stuff. Um, But he did the Thong song. I like that one. That was pretty cool. He did um, Partition. No Limit. Okay. Yeah. And where can we find his music? Is he you on Apple Music? You can find his music. No, he's not on Apple Music. Thank you. He is actually on Bandcamp. Ah. His name is T, just the letter T, Aaron. A A R O N. A A Ron. Yep. All right, so.
1: <laughs> thank you so much for tuning into episode yes. six of More Than Curb Appeal. Please remember to share, as Shannon said earlier today. She was a little um attitudinal I was not, about it. I was not. Okay. Um, but please share this podcast with folks. Today was a, a heavy topic. Was it heavy? It was a little heavy.
0: I just cried. Was it heavy?
1: <laughs> you don't cry often, Shannon. <laughs> Neither
0: do I though. But anyway. I'm gonna do this, um, I'm just gonna say this quote to close out, just to give you guys some encouragement for the week. So believe in yourself and all that you are. And know that there is something inside of you that is greater than any obstacle. All right. Bye. See you later.